So today, I won't be before you long. Um, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 um, in verses 10 through 16 as we continue on this series, and I think this will probably be the last one, uh, with sex, singleness, marriage, and divorce. Sex, singleness, marriage, and divorce. So we've been preaching through that. So we have been growing and learning uh, some awesome things and looking at the uh, believers that are in Corinth and what they've been challenged with and what they have been indulged, indulged with. So we are so grateful that God is moving us to a place where we understand his word clear. So with that, as we have 1 Corinthians chapter um, 7, verse uh, 10 through 16, let us pray. Father God, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being God. We love you, Lord God, and we just ask that your will and your way be with us. Remove me that they may not see me, but they see you because you said, if you be lifted up, you'll draw all men to you. And today we are here to draw all men to you, that someone today may come to a saving knowledge of you, that they may surrender their lives to you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we have learned earlier um, this uh, month and um, over last month, as we've been preaching through this um, sex, singleness, marriage, and divorce, we have learned in Corinth that they were a place of um, sexual immorality had crept into the church where the believers now were um, indulging in and engaging in uh, sexual immorality. And it was a great hindrance for the believers and for the church. And Paul now addressed them um, on these issues. But they came to Paul with some issues, and we saw that in chapter 7, verse 1, where they came to Paul with some questions. And so Paul now are answering these questions on these different, I mean, answer the questions on the different, answering uh, these questions that they had presented to him. And we find ourselves today in First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, looking at a word for the Murray Christians as a result of divorce. Looking at a word for the Murray Christians on divorce. So we're going to uh, address that today. We're going to address that today. And what I found out um, in my 23 years of marriage, that marriage is difficult. Can I, can I, I got any witness? I got any witness. I got any witness. Marriage is not, uh, <laughs> marriage is, is not easy. Um, God has uh, placed us together, my wife and I, um, as a witness to God and a witness to those who are there, we have come into this covenant, this union that God has placed us in, um, that he established in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, of how we are to come together and be one and become one. And we entered into this marriage over 23 years ago, 23 years ago as young, uh, uh, not teenagers, but young adults in our 20s, early 20s. And, and what we found out throughout the years that marriage is not easy, that, 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 that marriage is, is difficult, but it's also enjoyed. It's, it's an enjoyable time. We, my wife and I have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun and we enjoy each other, but there are also some times that we have some struggles. There are also some times that we, we, we don't like each other, if I can be transparent. There are also some times that we, we, don't, we don't agree with each other. And marriage can, can be different. Each and every one of our marriage can be different. And, 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 and in times, we have great times, but there are also some bad times. I remember young in our marriage, we young in our marriage, and um, I, I messed up so much uh, that my wife would cook food, and if anything was left over, she would throw it in the trash. You remember that, babe? 
You remember that? She would throw it in the trash. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been there? I mean, it's rough. Marriage is rough. I, so I'm, I'm, I'm standing here and I'm letting you know I'm being transparent to let you know that even a pastor go through that. Even a pastor come to church in argument. Come on now, y'all, come on, man. Where we at? Uh, even a, uh, uh, you all ain't there. Like, uh, you, if you're not, you're going to get there. And I'm not trying to discourage the single, but, but marriage is difficult. Marriage is, is, is challenging because what we have, watch this, we have two imperfect people coming together to be one. We got two imperfect people that got their own ideas, their own makeup, their own desires, their own will, their own drives, their own wants and their own desires. And now we're trying to get them together. God has put us together to try to make ourselves one. It's impossible to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how people make it that are married that, that don't have the spirit of God living in them. Because there's times where you want to quit. It's times where you want to give up on your marriage. It's times where you just want to throw up and throw the towel in and say, I'm done. I can't take it no more. I'm sick of her and she's sick of me. There's times we get like that. Me and my wife, me and my wife was having a conversation. And I, I said, babe, I said, um, if I die, would you get married again? Because I know we ain't getting a divorce. So if she leave, I told her I'm going with her because she make the money. You know what I mean? I'm not, Michelle, I'm not leaving that, baby. You know, I'm going to be right along with her. <laughs> come on, kids, y'all, man, come on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for real, though, it, it, we was talking, and I, I said, um, babe, if I die, would you? Would you marry again? She looked at me and said, no. I was like, dang, am I that bad? Like, like she made me kind of feel bad. Like, am I that bad? And she was like, I'm never getting in this bondage again. You know, <laughs> and I've been talking to other women and other women feel like their husbands, if you all don't know. <laughs> but it, it's something, marriage is something. And we struggle in it all the time. And Paul writes to these, these believers, these Christians who was just getting a divorce for anything. And Paul writes to them and tells them to hang in there. Paul says when it, when it comes to quitting on your marriage, hang in there. And the first thing we see here, Paul gives a command to not divorce. Look what he says in verse number 10. He says in verse number 10, we're in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. He says in verse 10 and 11, he commands them to hang in there. Look what he says. He says, now to the married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord. He says, he says to the married that this is a command. And what he's saying, he says that it's not me commanding it. I, I, I'm not saying this. this. This is for God. This is from God. And God and Jesus Christ talked about this and gave this, this same scenario in Mark, I mean, in Matthew chapter 19 about divorce. Everything Paul is about to talk about here in verse number 11 and, and um, number 10 and 11. And he says, hang in there. He said, this is a command from God. Paul said, let me take all the authority off of me. Let me take all of the, uh, the, the authority and the ownership off of me. And I too stand before you. This is not Pastor Pew commanding you. This is the word of God. 
And the word of God commands them to, to hang in there. He commands, this is a command from God. And look what he says. Here's the command. He says that this is a command from God. And look what he says. He says, wives, do not depart from your husbands. But in every, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And husbands is not to divorce their wives. He says to the wives, don't divorce your husbands. And to the husbands, don't divorce your wives, your wife. He says, for the wife, don't divorce your husband. And for the uh, husband, don't divorce your wife. He says, hang in there. He says, don't give up on your marriage. I know marriage is tough. I know marriage get difficult. I know some, that there's some dynamics that Pastor Pew marriage don't go through. I know you all got some different things going on in your marriage. But he said to the married people, to the Christians, because he says, don't give up on your marriage. Don't quit. Because marriage is a symbol of Christ in the church. Christ is a groom and, and the bride is the church. And it's an earthly symbol. Marriage is an earthly symbol of the church in Christ. And we are supposed to be the earthly center of the church. Marriage represents the church and the body of God. And he says, for those who are married who are Christians, he said, don't give up. I was happy to see when I was doing this uh, sermon and I was researching at Bonner, one of the top researchers, um, they researched uh, marriage in a, in a Christian culture. And they said now the divorce rate has went down. Now, now, praise God to that. The divorce rate has went down amongst Christians. It's down to 33%. At one time, it was 64% with Christians. And now it's down to 33%. Praise God. But people, he says, don't quit on your marriage. Don't, don't give up. Don't, don't. He said, wives, don't, don't divorce your husbands. And this is so interesting that Paul says this because in the Roman, in the, in the, in the Roman nation, uh, uh, the wives couldn't get a divorce. I mean, in the Roman nation, they could get divorced. It was legal to get a divorce. All you had to do was get a certificate. Anybody could get a divorce. But in the Jewish culture, women could not divorce the men. The men can divorce the women, but the woman had to stay there. So when Paul said, wives, don't divorce your husband, this was brand new to them. They didn't, they didn't understand this. I bet the men was freaking out, like, because we in Jewish, and how can they not divorce me? I'm the man. And Paul says, hey, don't, don't divorce your, your husbands, and, and husbands, don't divorce your wives. This is not what God commands. When, when God established marriage, marriage, he's established for lifelong. He's established to be permanent here on earth. It didn't, it, it didn't come with, with, with a contract. It didn't come with an obligation. It didn't come with, with, with other, um, uh, 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 other agreements. It came, it's, marriage is supposed to be permanent. And he says, don't quit on your marriage. Don't give up. But then Paul says something that is interesting here. As he gives this command, he says something really interesting here in verse 11. He says, but even if she does or he does depart, let him, re let him remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband or to his wife. Wow. He says, hey, look, Paul says this is a command not to divorce, 
But then Paul comes back and say, but if you do, Paul, what do you mean if I do? What do you mean, Paul, if, if, I, if I get a divorce? Is Paul giving me an escape clause here that, is, that I can get a divorce? Is Paul, is Paul telling me that, that in some cases I, I can get a divorce? What are you saying, Paul, if I do? If you do get a divorce as a Christian? He's saying what Paul is saying is that he understands sin. Paul says, I understand we got two imperfect people coming together to be one. And I understand there are people going to want to get out. There are people, there are married believers who are going to get out. There are married believers who are going to get a divorce. There are married believers who are going to quit on a marriage, who are going to stop their marriage and end their marriage. And Paul says that, that here, that if you do, he says there's two things you got to remember. Because Paul know how difficult marriage is. Remember, I told you Paul was married years ago. Paul know how difficult it is. You know how difficult it is. People around us know how difficult it is just by seeing it in our own personal lives. Matter of fact, I do marriage counseling all the time, more for like young adults. Um, I do a lot of young adult marriage counseling. And one of the questions I asked them, well, well, well who do you want to model your marriage after? And, and, and they can't even name nobody. They can't name their parents. They can't name their grandparents. You know, so what they do is they pick out the, the, the most famous person in the world, Beyonce. I want, I want to model my marriage after Beyonce. Because they have nobody close to them where they can see how marriage is supposed to be done. So we get out for everything. We don't like this person no more. We don't love this person no more. They got out of shape. They got a little too big for me, man. I like them small. I'm out of here. Well, he, he lost his head, so, man, I, I want to full shape up. I'm out of here. You know, we leave for anything now. It, it, it doesn't matter. If the eggs was cooked too hard, we gone. I mean, if it don't clean up well, you gone. You knew he ain't cleaned up when you was married to him, when you were dating him and shacking up. Oh, y'all ain't going to hear this. Y'all don't want to hear this. Look, so look, he says, he says, so now they, they leave for everything. And he said, but if you do, because he know that this is going to happen because of sin, although it's not condoned, God does not agree with it. And he said, if you do, here's two reasons, two things, if you do get a divorce. He says, one, if you are a Christian and you got a divorce, you need to stay unmarried. He said, you cannot go and remarry anyone else. Oh, I know this ain't popular preaching here. Cause I, and I know we got some divorced people in here. But I'm just telling you what the word of God said. Remember, Paul said this command from the Lord, not from Pastor Pew. I'm just telling you what the word of God. He said, remain unmarried. He says, remain unmarried. He says, if you divorce as a Christian, you ought to remain unmarried. That's the first thing you got to do. And the, or the second thing, here it is, or reconcile. He says, so you either got to remain unmarried or get it together with your ex-husband or your ex-wife and be remarried to him or her. Man, some of y'all just cussed. I saw it. I saw it coming up. I, I saw it coming out. Hey, babe, I saw it. Joe, I saw it. Some of y'all just cussed. I saw it in the church. In the church, they just cussed. I saw it. Like, no way, buddy. But this is what the Bible says. Because guess what? It's okay to separate. But separation unto reconciliation. 
So now, because what reconciliation does is give you an opportunity where you now can, can, where God can work on his heart, where God can work on your heart. And now you don't see all his faults and he don't see all your faults. Now he see his own faults and she see her own faults. And now it worked together where God is working on your heart. And now maybe you can come back together and join in that union because God says what he set together, let nobody tear apart. Says, he says, he says, he says, be reconciled. Separation is good. We're canceling. Don't separate and just go with your girlfriends and your guys. Because you know half of them divorced anyway, too. They ain't going to help you with nothing good. So you got to go get counseling and help and be reconciled back to your husband or your wife. He said, this is for believers. That's what the word of God says. If you're a Christian, this is what the word of God says. He said, be reconciled back to your, your, your husband or your wife. But there is some cases, I want to let you know. There is some biblical reasons for divorce. There are some biblical reasons. There are some biblical reasons. Number one, it was found in Matthew chapter 19. One is, and also Matthew chapter 19, I'm not going to read it, just read it on your own time, but one biblical reason for divorce is immorality. Adultery, when your husband or your wife are cheating on you, that's grounds for, that's biblical grounds for divorce. Well, you can divorce, but remember, it ain't the first time. So once once the first time it happened, you can't be like, I'm out of here. You need to go get counseling and see if he or she ready to work this thing out. And have you set up things of counseling? You don't see them getting better in there and they act, they, they extra activities or curriculums. Then, then, then you say, okay, God, I have done everything I can do. I have done everything I supposed to do to make this right. And, and he or she won't get it. So the scripture tells us that there's, there's sexual morality is a reason for, for biblical divorce. The other one is abandonment. And we'll see this in chapter um, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15. And it's abandonment when a spouse leaves. You can't make somebody stay with you if they don't want to stay with you. You can't force them to stay with you. You tried everything you can. And he don't want you or she don't want you. You can't force them. So that's abandonment. And it talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to look at it about abandonment. That's the grounds for divorce. That he or she abandoned the marriage relationship, just clearly walked away and said, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I'm done. That's abandonment. And the other one is, the Bible don't talk about it, but, but, but not as much. But the other one is abuse. Watch this. Now, we will read this one. Let's go to um, Malachi. Um, that's the last book in the Old Testament. Uh, let me find it here in my notes. Let's go to Malachi. I think I wrote it in here. Malachi, I think it's around verse number. Thought I wrote it in my notes. I think it's verse nine. Uh, let me look. I thought I, uh, I thought I had it in here. My bad. And Malachi. Oh, Ma, um, no, no, not Malachi. Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse nine. Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse nine. And I, I'm sorry for flipping y'all, but I'm trying to help help us grow. 
Ecclesiastic. Chapter 9, verse 9. Let me get to it. Should have mocked it. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 9. It says, live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun and all your days of vanity, for that uh, is your portion in your life and in the labor which you uh, uh, perform under the sun. So he tells us that um, to live, that's, that's not the verse I want. That's not the verse. That's, that's talking about be married forever. I think it's in Malachi. I forgot. That's talking about being married forever, the joy of being married forever. Malachi, um, I can't find it now, but I get to it. I get to it. So he says, he says that abuse, that abuse is one that, that, that God says that, that, that you can't stay in that. You can't stay in that marriage. You cannot stay in it. You shouldn't, if you're getting abused, you, you, you should not be in that marriage. You, you should not stay in that. that, that that's, that's offensive. It's, you, you need to separate because your life is in danger, whether it's financial abuse. Y'all know what financial abuse is? Mean the person make all the money and hold it and won't give it to the other person? Put the other person on a small budget? That's financial abuse in marriage. I control what you spend and what you can't spend. Now, me and my wife, we, we negotiate. We talk about it. I can't go spend a large amount of money and she can't either because we, we in one pot. So she know what we got, and I know what we got. So we can't go spend a lot of money. But ain't, I can't go say, hey, uh, here's $3. This is all you get. No. This this, this your money. No, it doesn't work like that. So abuse, financial abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, all these things. God said this is, not, this is an issue. And I wish I remember that, um, that verse in Malachi. This is an issue. God said, don't do it. Matter of fact, God said, when you do abuse your spouse, I'm coming after you in Malachi. God says that I am coming after you. So he gives us some reasons of divorce and he commands us to stay together. But he says, but if you do because of sin, if you divorce, he says that you must remain unmarried or be reconciled back to your husband. Then Paul moves on and Paul moves on to, to verse 12 through 16. And now he moves on from the from the, the Christian married for those who are Christian married now to those who are Christians who are married to unbelievers. Paul says, now, let me address the Christians who are married to unbelievers. And verse number, right here in verse number 12, he says, but to the rest, I, not the Lord, says. Now Paul changes up. Paul said, this is not a command. What he's saying that Jesus did not speak about this. Jesus didn't speak much about this, about Christians um, uh, marrying unbelievers. And we know by the, uh, by the scripture in, first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I think verse 14, to tell us don't be unequally yoked. We shouldn't marry unbelievers. I don't care how good they look, how good they smell. When it's time to serve God, y'all going to have a problem. Because one going to serve another God and the other one going to serve the true and living God. So we shouldn't go into that marriage thinking you're going to change him or he going or you're going to change her because it ain't going to happen. The only one changed lives is God. The only one changed lives is the word of God and the Holy Spirit. So he says here to those who are Christian and, 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 um, and those who are believers and unbelievers who are married, 
he says in verse 12, he says, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. He says, if, if you're a believer and you already married to an unbeliever and she want to stay with you, stay with her. So what happened when Paul was talking about immorality and was talking about celibacy and talking about marriage, they said, well, since, since she's an unbeliever, I'm not, I'm going to go ahead and leave her because I'm, I'm wrong. I can't marry unbelievers. But now Paul said, but you already married. So now that's for those Christians who about to get married. But for you who already married, you got to stay with your wife. You got to stay with her, your husband. You got to stay with your husband, also, although they don't believe. So you got to stay with them. You can't just divorce them because they're not a believer. Because you already married to them. And they were leaving their husbands and their wife because they wasn't believer. That's what we believe that happened to Paul. Because Paul was a Sanhedrin, and he was married at one time. Because of Sanhedrin, you had to be married. So he was married at one time, and they believed that his wife left him because he became a Christian. So he says, that, hey, you can't leave. Stay with your wife. Stay committed to her. If she want to stay with you, then stay with her. If he want to stay with you, then stay with him. Stay married. This is what the Scripture says. And then he gives us this explosive Scripture, he says, for, for the unbeliever husband is to be sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is to be sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. Oh, my God. He says that, look, you got to stay with your wife or with your husband who's not a believer. So that the believer may sanctify his wife or the believer may sanctify her husband and also that her children would not be unclean but holy. Oh, that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. He says, look, he said, by you staying in that marriage with an unbeliever, you sanctify the husband for the woman who is a believer. And for the, the, the husband who is a believer, you sanctify the wife. But not only do you sanctify your spouse for being a believer, he says you also make your kids holy and not unclean. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Y'all ain't getting it. Y'all ain't getting it. Y'all ain't getting it. See, 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 see. Watch this. He says you got to stay in this marriage because you have something to offer to this unbeliever spouse, this unbelieving spouse. Because you sanctify them. Now watch this. This, have no, this. this does not mean you bring salvation to them, okay? Because salvation only comes through Jesus Christ and him alone. You cannot save your, your unbeliever husband or your unbeliever wife or your children who don't believe. You cannot save them. They got to come to their own experience to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Believe that he died on the cross and shed his blood for the remission of your sin. And he says here, but you will sanctify them. Now, this, this was interesting, Pastor Reese, because I had to do my homework and see what in the world is he saying. He says, look, for those who are believers, when you when you with your, your husband who's an unbeliever, watch this. He says, you sanctify them. He says, he says, you sanctify them. For those wives who got husbands who don't believe, you sanctify them. He says that what happens, because you are a believer, your favor run down on them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Watch this. See, see, y'all ain't getting Y'all still ain't getting it. Genesis. Genesis chapter 30, verse 27. Laban 
this this about Laban and Jacob. Laban, the scripture said Laban was was not God's people, but because of Jacob was there, everything that Laban had was blessed. All because Jacob was there. Laban wasn't even a man of God. He wasn't even a tribe of God. He wasn't even a person of God. But because Jacob was there, who was the child of God, because Jacob was present with Laban, everything that Laban had was blessed because of Jacob. I'm talking about sanctifying somebody. We're going to get to it. Y'all still ain't get it yet. So I had to go a little further. In Genesis chapter 39, verse number three, the Egyptians' house was blessed all because Joseph was there. Oh, my God, they was blessed because Joseph was there, because Joseph was right there, because the man of God was there in the Egyptian household who did not recognize God, who did not love God, who did not surrender to God, who did not serve God, but all because of Joseph being there with them. The whole Egyptian houses was blessed. I'm trying to help you understand that when you stay with your unbelieving husband, when you stay with your unbelieving wife, when you stay with them, your children also will reap the, the, the favor of God on their life. Dickie Dixon, can you help me out? They will also reach the favor of their life. I see that y'all still ain't getting it, so I had to bring something to help me out. Deacon Dixon, help me out for a minute. Uh, uh, move that Deacon Dixon. So, Deacon, Deacon Dixon, my Vanna White. <laughs> let me get a, let me get an A. Let me get an A, Vanna. Thank you, Deacon Dixon. Appreciate it. Let's give Deacon Dixon a, a hand clap of praise. So look, he says, look, he says, you got to stay with them because you sanctify them. You sanctify them. You, 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 you bring favor to them. They, they, they receive your favor on them and be blessed. Your, your husband who is not a believer or your, 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 your wife who is not a believer. And also for your children not to be unclean but holy. Everybody will reap the benefits of the favor of God just because you there. Just because you saved. I see y'all still ain't getting. So what I got, I bought some cups in here. And this is the believer right here. And these cups under there is the unbeliever. It's the, it's the, it's the spot whoever want to be on the bottom or whatever and the children and right here so what happened he says that when you stay with your husband who are unbeliever and we I know we talking about marriage here but this also works in your family this also works at places that you don't like to work at them jobs that you want to leave because because they not Christian they not holy but when you stay there the favor of God just run all over people and he says by you staying in this marriage by you staying in this marriage guess what you your favor now run on other people. So what happened, the Holy Spirit just keep pouring on you favor. Just keep full pulling on you blessings. You've been blessed with this and blessed with that. And now guess what? God ain't a cheap God. He's an expensive God and he's a loving God. So what he gonna do? He gonna keep on blessing you and he keep blessing you and guess what? Now your blessings gonna run over. Your blessings gonna start to run over and run into other cups and people around you gonna be blessed. Your friends gonna be blessed. That's why you as a Christian, you can't run out on people and leave people and now other cups gonna be blessed and filled over and now running over because you under an open heaven and God says that when you hang in there when you hang with other people your blessings gonna become their blessings and they blessings and they gonna be blessed all because of you staying in there God says that this is what happens 
This is why your kids don't know Christ, but guess what? They still see in the favor of God. This is why your husband may not know Christ, and he's still getting the blessings of God. This is why your wife may not know Christ, but they still getting the blessings of God. Guess what? Your grandchildren are getting the blessings of God, all because of God pouring into you, and you hanging in there. Guess what, teachers? Them kids that you teaching is getting the blessing of God, because you're a Christian, and you up in there, and you working, and the favor of God is working on you and guess what it's working through everybody else you sanctify those who don't know christ guess why so they can come and see jesus christ like you have this why it's important that we are christians we gotta stay in there hang in there hang in there I know you on that job you don't want to be on. I know you have trouble on that job. You sick and tired of the boss. And you trying to figure out why you got, you got in you in there that you may sanctify those who don't know you. You at that school that you don't want to be at as a teacher. The kids driving you crazy. You on a bus and the kids driving you crazy. But you there to sanctify them kids. Your presence is needed because wherever you are, God's favor is with you. And guess what? The favor of God runs off of you into other people's lives. Come on now. It's amazing what God can do. And God is, Paul says, hang in there. Hang in there. When my wife, me and my wife got together, I was a mess. Come on, man. People from the streets know me. I was a mess, all kinds of ways. And nobody, by the way, know me except for me, then my wife. I got brothers and sisters, and none of them know me like my wife. Y'all, some of y'all think I'm cool, like, oh, pastor's cool. He, he nice. Some of y'all probably say, I'm married, pastor, but you ain't, you ain't live with me. <laughs> but because... God's presence, everything is saturated with his favor. Come on, let's, let's give God the glory for his favor. Everything is saturated. You just don't know how you can bless other people and your children. You want your children to be saved? Hang in there. You want your friends to be saved? Hang in there. Show them the presence of God because guess what? They only going to see God through you. Because they ain't coming to church and although it's online, they ain't coming. But Paul said, hang in there. Marriage is tough, y'all. It's not easy. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. Somebody came here ready to give up. Somebody came here ready to quit on a marriage. You already found the next woman or the next man. You're waiting for one more thing to turn your key in. Or to get the paper signed. But Paul says, for, as believers, don't give up on your marriage. Quit. And for those who want to get married, when you go into marriage, understand this. That marriage is not a game. It's real. And it's lifetime. Today, I just want to encourage you to hang in there. To hang in there. If my wife and I make it, we're going on 24 years in a couple of months. I'm so grateful for that. Because if I was her, I'd have left a long time ago. <laughs> Married to me. But I thank you, boo. 
Thank you. Y'all see I'm trying to get them brownie points right. <laughs> but, but for real, it's, it's, it's real. It's real. This thing is real. And Christians are giving up every single day. We good, Mickey? I'm going in and out. Christians are giving up every single day. So today, before I go, today, before I go, let us, let us bow our heads and close our eyes. I just want to pray for those who are married, who are married, and those who are planning to get married, that they understand the institution that they're going into. Father God, we come to you today. We come to you for, these, for those who are married and those who are planning to get married. Lord God, for those who are planning to get married, help them understand what they're getting into. Let them know, Lord God, that you have established and ordained marriage to be forever here on earth. So let them not go in unadvisedly. Let them not go in with the wrong mindset, but go in with the right mindset that they may see the movement of God on their marriage. But there are some today, Lord God, that really is at the edge. Lord God, if the right wind come, they are blown away. So I come to you, Lord God, and ask right now in the name of Jesus that you restore feelings, that you restore communication, that you restore affectionness, that you restore the mind, that you restore the relationship, Lord God. Lord God, give them hope beyond hope. Lord God, let them know they can make it because you say you are our strength. And you empower us, Lord God. As a matter of fact, you said that uh, we can do all things through you who strengthen us. So Lord God, give us the strength to hang in there. Give us the strength not to quit, Lord God, but also give us the strength to realize our own personal faults. If it's a man in here, Lord God, reveal to him his faults that he may surrender. If it's a woman in here, Lord God, reveal to her her faults that she may surrender. Change hearts, change minds, change attitudes, Lord God. Move like you never moved before. I plead it right now in the blood of Jesus Christ. I plead the blood that you set them free. I plead the blood that you make it work, Lord God. Don't let them give up, Lord God. And if they do give up, let them reconcile to have it better. Lord God, let them reconcile to have better, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, for just you being you. And I pray for those who are married, who have a sensible marriage, Lord God, that we be a light to those who are married or trying to get married or want to get married. Let us be a light, Lord God. Let us be transparent to let them know everything is not always good, but let them know they can make it with the power of Jesus Christ in their life. So we come and we bless you and we thank you and we pour out to you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. 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 Now, real quick, real quick for those who may be here online and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, this is a great opportunity. Remember, marriage is already hard because we two imperfect people trying to be one. But life is hard too because we imperfect. 
and we're trying to live for Jesus and we don't have the spirit of God to live for us to live in. So today is a great opportunity. Is there any today that want to surrender their life to Jesus Christ?